Good afternoon. It's Chickie Fitzgerald, and it's Friday, November 14, 2014, and you have joined the Executive Girlfriends Group, and we have just a, an amazing treat today. I always love it when we interview guests that we've had on the show before, and today our guest is Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo, and we were both trying to figure out when the last time we uh, did the interview, and I, I think it was about three or four years ago, so welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks so much. It's great to be back. So, Elizabeth, uh, tell our guests, uh, obviously uh, you do have the credentials of the doctor before your name. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that, and then tell us about what you do now, and then we're going to dive in and talk about your book. Okay, so um, my career started actually as a physical therapist, and I, I realized how much physical rehabilitation, anything we want to do with our bodies actually requires our minds. So then I went back to school thinking it would take four years, but <clears throat> taking seven years, and got my PhD in clinical psychology. And now my motto is helping people before they need a couch. In our society, we tend to wait until we're depressed to go get some help or, you know, we're, we're almost on the brink of a divorce before we go talk to someone. I want to get this information out before we get to that point, just like we do with our health, our physical health. You know, we exercise and eat right so we don't have to have heart attacks and cancer. Um, you know, same thing with, with my motto, which is let's be happier and resilient to stress now so that we don't go to those those ugly places. I love that. And so you're – current book that we're going to be talking about is a book called Better Than Perfect, Seven mm-hmm. Strategies to Crush Your Inner Critic and Create a Life That You Love. And I have to tell you a, a brief little story before we dive into the book. Uh, yesterday, I was talking to a woman who is, uh, we kind of are mentoring each other. It's a little bit of an odd relationship, but a really wonderful one. And she was saying how yesterday morning when she got up, before she even got, up, got out of bed, she said, I love being me. And, you know, as we were talking, I was telling her about all the good things that had happened uh, since our previous call uh, seven days prior where I had some lingering things that weren't great at that time. And uh, so I ended the call finding a graphic that said, I love being me. And so we were kind of on that party yesterday. So it's really <laughs> funny to be talking about creating that life that you love because, you know, even in the midst of strife and stress, you're right, you can find that, and it doesn't come from being perfect. Exactly, exactly. You know, we have 60,000 thoughts every single day, 60,000 thoughts. 35,000 of them are negative, and 90% are the same thoughts we had yesterday. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, and we know it's our thoughts that create how we feel and what we do. So this is a real opportunity for us to take control of what we're saying to ourselves because that does transform our lives. So does this all get back to believing that we have to strive to be perfect, that that's our, our mission and our role in life? Well, you know, what I see in my clinical practice and my coaching practice is people think if I'm, if I'm perfect, if it's perfect, then I'll feel good about myself. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be successful. We have as a society this all or nothing mentality um, that really, I mean, it affects every facet of our life. So, you know, the notion of I had one cookie and ruined my diet, I might as well have the rest of the plate. You know, that all-or-nothing mentality, perfectionistic mentality, makes no sense at all, and yet it's something that a lot of us fall, fall into. Right. So how do we get to that root of where that perfectionism 
starts? Or, you know, is there a little test we can do to figure out if we're a perfectionist? Well, there is. I actually developed a quiz, um, and it looks at different components of perfectionism. Because here's the thing. When I talk about perfectionism, it's so much more than, you know, just having your junk drawer neat. I, I don't have a neat junk drawer, but I will say I'm absolutely a recovering perfectionist. So the components um, – you know, a, a perfection, a lot of people don't even realize that they are perfectionists. So, first of all, it's that all or nothing mentality. It's either good or it's a failure. Um, it's either perfect or why bother? I don't think I'm going to get the job, so I'm not even going to go for it. My husband forgot to pick up the dry cleaning, so obviously he doesn't care about me. You know, this all or nothing mentality. And it goes even deeper. It goes to what I call conditional self-worth. Right. Um, conditional self-worth is when, oh, yeah, no, I believe in myself when I go to the gym and, and I get, you know, I get the job promotion and I'm making X amount of money and someone tells me how good I look today. Then I'll feel good about myself. So it sounds to me like there is a price that we pay uh, for that perfectionism in our lives because I suspect that if you ask most, uh, particularly the women, since that's our primary audience for this show, if you ask them if they were perfectionists, they would say no. But as you went through that litany <laughs> of things that you just said, I think, you know, I heard some guilty, 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 yes, that's me. Um, so, well, you know, it's funny, Jackie. So, I when the book first came out a couple of weeks ago, I was on the Today Show, and apparently um, the producers were, you know, were talking about the segment beforehand, and 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 they were just they did not consider themselves to be perfectionists, and yet most of them scored so astronomically high on the quiz. So again, this is a different it's a different mindset, it's a different way of right. seeing what perfectionism is, and we're not pathologizing it. I'm not saying what's wrong with you. I'm simply saying how helpful is it to you? Because here's the thing. As a recovering perfectionist, before I would have said, yeah, I know, it might cause me some stress, but here's the deal. I have three graduate degrees because of my perfectionism. You know, I have a, a household that <laughs> hopefully <laughs> runs well because of my perfectionism. Perfectionism has some really great ingredients. So I like to equate it to a chocolate cake. If I'm making a chocolate cake and I have the purest of sugar cane and I have the most organic eggs out there and the beautiful chocolate and I mix it all up and then I take a cup of dirt and put it in and mix it up too, that's what perfectionism is. It's not that it's all bad. It is that there's that dirt, which is that judgment, the beating yourself up, the self-critical that's mixed in. No one's going to eat a chocolate cake if they know it has dirt in it. And same thing when it comes to perfectionism. I'm not saying go for a D plus. You know, that's not what we're saying. We're saying strive for excellence and take off the boxing gloves. Turn down your inner critic. Well, I love that, and, you know, you, you just talked about some of the, the profits, if you will, of, of perfectionism, and clearly the price of that, you also talked about the person who says, you know, if I can't get this job, I might as well just stay where I am and not look for anything, and, and so they do pay a price because they don't get to achieve their dreams, so, you know, the, the stealing of our dreams uh, from us, and, you know, so that comes back it seems to me that, that fear has to be an element there. And, and you know, you, you talk about that in your book of fear versus passion. So mm -hmm. talk to me about fear as it relates to perfectionism. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people think, oh, perfectionists want to be perfect. 
But the underlying motivator of perfectionism is fear, and it's the fear of failure. They're so fearful that other people are not going to see them in a positive way or they're not going to believe in themselves that they push. They stay up till all hours of the night working on a project that isn't really that important or they stress out about every single slide deck and if one's wrong, oh, the presentation was horrible. And it really is motivated by fear. Because here's the thing. There are two main motivators in everything that we do. One is fear and one is passion. So fear is every emotion you don't want. It's anger, it's frustration, it's helplessness, hopelessness, worthlessness, worry. That's all in the fear pillar. And then there's passion. And that includes things like love and gratitude. It includes things like focusing on what you want to create as opposed to the fear and thinking about how things aren't going the way that you want. And when you take yourself out of the fear, don't screw up kind of mentality, and you put yourself over to the passion, what do you want to create? What do you want in your life? Even if it's not here right now, setting that intention is the first step to creating whatever it is you want in your life. Well, and that's, I was going to shift gears a little bit because now that, now that we've all figured out whether we have this element uh, or this seed uh, in us and whether it's fear-driven or we're benefiting from some of the positive things that come out of this, um, basically at some point we just have to get out of our own way and succeed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know that you've got some strategies to help us get out of our own way. So can you talk us through uh, some of those things that we can do? Absolutely. So one of, again, one of the biggest things for a perfectionist is that fear of failure. I'm not even going to try or I'm going to just work to, to the bone, you know, till I'm sick in order to, to get this project done. So, so here's the concept. It's not failure. It's data. It's not failure, it's data. That means whenever you have an outcome that you didn't want, instead of beating yourself up about it, you simply take a step back and ask a very simple question. Why? Why didn't I get the result that I want? You know, when I was in high school, I took a chemistry class, and we used to have experiments where we got to pour a little of this liquid in and a little of that liquid in, and we were supposed to get some explosion. And, and if we didn't get the desired outcome, instead of beating ourselves up and thinking, man, I'm a failure in life, which is what we tend to do, we right. would take a step back and say, huh, Why? Do I need a little more of this ingredient? Do I need a little more of that ingredient? Okay. And then use that information for the present and the future. Take off the boxing gloves and simply you know, become kind of a detective almost instead of, instead of beating yourself up. Right. So you, you talk about that in, in the next chapter of your book, which uh, it, it's funny. You use the, the first letters of, of the word perfect. For <laughs> so that first one that you just talked about is, is really doing the postmortem on your past. And, and for those who haven't kind of done that forensic work on a project that has not gone perfectly, um, you know, the postmortem is, is just exactly what you said, looking at that data of what didn't work so that you can make sure that you just don't repeat it. And, and so I think the next one uh, is, is the one that excites me the most, and that, that is really stepping back and taking a look at what's motivating us, evaluating your expectations. Yeah. So talk us through how, how that it's into, uh, you know, this whole notion of getting out of your own way. 
Yeah, so there's a difference between an intention and an expectation. Intention is this is something that I want to create. Expectation is, ex, let me try that again. Expectation is something that you think you should do. And there's this, this should, there's this judgment on this is what should be happening. And if it's not happening, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my partner. There's something wrong with my job. There's something wrong with my life. And these expectations really can cause a whole lot of problems because here's the thing. One, they don't always happen the way that we want to. And two, the people in our lives don't know what our expectations are. You know, if I think, well, my husband, my husband should know what I want him to do because I told him, you know, last week, then I have an expectation. And when he does not do what I asked him to do last week because he forgot or he's tired or I just slipped his mind or whatever, then, you know, it becomes, you know, source for a lot of tension. So it's not that we're saying don't set intentions. We absolutely are because we want you to create the life that you want. And we're not saying let people walk all over you because that's not it at all. But it's simply take a step back. And one of the things that when I'm working with my coaching clients, we talk about shooting on yourself. Shooting on yourself and shooting on someone else. You know, he should or I should or they should. Um, Or or using its cousins must and ought. In psychology, we call it masturbation. Um, And it's really, it's a really, (laughs) it's a really big source of judgment that you or the other person is falling short. That increases our distress. It takes us right over to fear. And so, again, you know, just kind of evaluate your expectations. How realistic are they? And even more importantly, how helpful are they? You want your thoughts to be accurate and helpful. So I'm curious about the next one. The R in perfect in in the seven strategies to get out of your own way is reinforce new roads. Reinforce new roads, yeah. So it's the notion of um, our thoughts are very much like a pathway because what happens when you have a thought in your brain is there are different nerves that are firing a certain pathway and that causes you to think something. So if you picture and imagine a field, and it's a field of tall grass, and you're on one side and you want to get to the other side, there are infinite ways you could go. You could cross you know, diagonally or straight across or loop-de-loop or whatever. And once you crossed it once, that pathway would be the path of least resistance and the one that you're more likely to take. And if you keep, if you can imagine, if you keep taking that path over and over and over again, eventually not only is the grass going to be pushed down, but there's going to be no grass there at all. It's just going to be, it's going to be <laughs> right. dirt. So each time you want to cross, you're going to take that same pathway. That's the same thing that happens with our thoughts. I mentioned before, 90% of the thoughts we have today are the same ones we had yesterday because it is a pathway that is the path of least resistance. What we need to do is say, you know what? I want to take a new pathway. I want to take this pathway. But if I take a new pathway once, the next time I'm still more likely to go back to the old pathway because it's still the path of least resistance. And so learning skills of how to really solidify this new pathway, make it the one that eventually becomes the one with with no grass on it, and the other path starts to have the grass growing, which equates to those old thoughts aren't the automatic thoughts, and your new ones become the automatic thoughts. Right. So the next one, the F in perfect, is fail forward. And fail forward. I've heard, I've heard this before, but I, I'm not uh, not remembering uh, how those two words can possibly go together because I always <laughs> think about failing as really uh, taking a step back. 
and, and losing right. ground. And so to put that together with a word that means progressing mm-hmm. um, is an oxymoron. So talk to us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you look at any inventor, Albert Einstein, you know, it was all the failures that happened in order for him to get what he wanted to. You, you talk to, I do a lot of executive coaching, and, and um, a lot of my, my clients will talk about the benefits of failures, even disasters in their company, um, in terms of, of, of a marketing, um, you know, uh, approach or, or a sales approach, and what they learned from right. the failure. It provides so much juicy information. Um, and so using that, not being afraid of it, you know, obviously not being, you know, careless with, with what you're doing, but not being afraid of it and really embracing when you don't get the outcome that you want, you simply take a step back and look at why. Right, right. So you're, you've already talked a little bit about this next one, which is the E in perfect, eliminate extremes. You talked about that extreme thinking, the all-or-nothing approach. Yeah. That, you know, I, I think is so prevalent in our society that we don't even realize it. You know, I, I don't have time to go to the gym, so I'm just not going to work out. Really? W- walk around the block. It's better than perfect. Well, I don't have time to sit down and meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. That's crazy. Really? Take five deep breaths. It's better than perfect. So looking at your life, what you want to create, and it doesn't have to be the all or nothing. Take steps in that direction to start to make things better. That makes perfect sense. And the next one I think is going to resonate with so many people. Uh, the C is create, don't compare. <laughs> yeah. We are so good at comparing ourselves to other people, and Facebook is the ultimate, right? You go on Facebook, and it looks like every friend has the perfect marriage and the perfect children and the perfect vacation and the perfect life. And then we <laughs> compare ourselves to this literally snapshot of one second in someone's life, and we think that we fall short. And and so you know, and and you know, we can all go into body image and how media. I I think it was Cindy Crawford who said that she wished she looked like Cindy Crawford on the on the cover of a magazine because she's so airbrushed, she doesn't even look like that. But you know, we're so we're so fixated on comparing ourselves. And and I, I see in the book, we don't just want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to, you know, crush the Joneses and be way ahead of them because, and it goes back to that concept of conditional self-worth. I'll feel better about myself when I think I'm doing better than someone else. Right. And we're heading into a season here with the holidays where that comparison uh, really, really gets um, magnified. Completely. You, I, you go know, to someone's house and you see their beautiful Christmas tree and all the presents that are perfectly wrapped. Yeah. Yeah, so you and I were talking before the show. We both used to live in Dallas, Texas. And D- Dallas, in my opinion, has some – I mean, they they know how to decorate homes there. And I can remember not wanting to have – I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm just going to admit it – not wanting to have friends over – because I was afraid that my house wasn't decorated nicely enough. Like, take a step back. That's crazy. The whole purpose of having right. friends over is to enjoy each other and create memories and, and just really enjoy life. And here I am, was paranoid that I didn't have enough Christmas decorations around. I mean, it's, it's just, 
when you take a step back, it doesn't make sense, but a lot of times we get caught up in that. Well, so this brings us to the T in perfect, which uh, this is perfect. It's transcend. transcend. And so getting beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Taking a step over and away and just out of the minutia and asking yourself, wait a minute, what's really important? What's really important? You know, it's interesting when you, when you ask parents, you know, what's really important for your children? They'll say things like, wow, I, I just want them to be happy. I want them to be successful. I, really, I just want them to, to apply their values. I want them to, to really use their strengths to, to just make a difference in this world. And yet when you look at how they interact with their children, when you look at the time that is focused on their children, it's you got to get an A, let's go, we got to go do another, you know, three hours of hockey and, you know, the stress that we're putting on our kids. Take a step back. The true way to be happier, because here's the thing, happiness is not laughing all the time, right? That's, that's called being stoned, and we do not allow that, at least in the state where I live. But happiness is a mindset, and it's really when we apply our values and strengths. It's when we have a life of meaning. You know, one of the best ways to to not, you know, get caught up in the minutiae is when we help out other people. Because, you know what, you go to a homeless shelter or you go, um, you know, to, to, to a place where you really reach out and help other people, you aren't worrying about if your manicure is perfect or, you know, if other people are looking at how good your makeup is. You're focused on, on just really giving and, and, and being so heart-driven. Heart and that's what that is because that's what life's all about. Right. And, you know, it was interesting because I was looking at uh, the article that came out on uh, Dr. Oz's site. You were on mm-hmm. the Dr. Oz show, and I love the name of the article uh, online, which is called Why Calm is the New Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why calm is the new happy. If you think about it, when we were younger, happy was, man, I'm going to go out. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to stay up all night. And now, you know, what we really want is calm. We just want, exactly. we, we just want to, you know, have some quiet time with a, a loved one or even with ourselves. We want to read a book or watch a movie. We just want some calm in our lives and not having to race off to figure out, you know, get everyone on time and what do I have to do and squishing, you know, what seems like six hours of stuff into two hours because it got, has to be done. You just want calm in your life. Right. Right. Well, you've already focused on on the first point of this article, which is just to forget perfect. You know, perfect. Mm-hmm. If you happen to get there, you, know, you can celebrate it. But boy, that cannot be the destination every day. And uh, you give some really super practical stuff here, so uh, folks need to go and just just search for Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo and and Dr. Oz. But um, Elizabeth, I'd love for you to share with our listeners um, how they can find out more about you, where they can follow you, or you act on social media. I know you do have your own website. Where would you like people to start? Yeah, well, you know what? It would be great if they want to Facebook me, so it's it's simply Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo. Um, And if they go to my fan page, then I actually try to really post some stuff um, on a daily basis to really get some conversation going. Because, you know, here's the thing. A lot of times we'll listen to something and we think, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm going to apply that in my life. Or we read a book or we go, to a, we go to a conference and, oh, great information. And then we get back to life, right? But, you know, we don't, we don't take a shower once and say, I took a shower, we're good to go. We take a shower every day, hopefully, or, you know, every other day. <laughs> and, and, and so for me, you know, that's the ability on Facebook is, is to be able to say, you know what, here's a little nugget of better than perfect 
every day. You don't have to read it every day. You don't have to apply it every day. But at least it's there so that you can continue this journey because you deserve this. You deserve to have happiness. You deserve to have success. You deserve to turn down that inner critic so you really can create the life that you love. Right. Well, I, I love – I'm going to give just one of the nuggets that you say in this Dr. Oz article, uh, which is to blow bubbles. This can make you feel young and encourages deep breathing, plus you yeah. can do it with your kids. I, I think that one is just wonderful because I know in my own life I don't have enough just genuine fun. Uh, I was mm-hmm. talking with, uh, again, this woman who is uh, – she and I are, are coaching each other, and I was saying, you know, we bought a um, annual pass to Bush Gardens last year because we live in Tampa and it's super easy to go there. And I've got kids who are uh, teenagers, 14 and 16, so they, of course, love to go. And my favorite thing to do is to park by the ride that is, everybody is in this big round uh, raft. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. river rapids ride. And there's one place where you can stand where there are water guns that shoot out when they're least <laughs> expecting it. And I stop at the bank on the way to Bush Gardens and I get a roll of $20 worth of quarters and I laugh for hours <laughs> on that $20. <laughs> every, because every time they get hit, they're, they they uh, either scream or they laugh. And uh, so I think everybody needs to find that one thing that can just help them get out of that rut of trying to be perfect about everything, having some fun, uh, you know, taking five minutes for yourself. I mean, just all of these things that you uh, talked about on the show are just so wonderful. So anything you want to leave us with? You know, I, I will say, excuse me, being a recovering perfectionist, if someone had said to me before, it doesn't have to be perfect, I would say, of course, you're right. And inside I'd say, <laughs> uh, yes, it does. <laughs> this, you know, because that's what we think. The steps in better than perfect, here's the thing. I apply them in my life first. I know this stuff works. And since I've been applying it, my TV interviews are on, I mean, it's, I'm on TV, I'm totally different. I've been on the Today Show now, I don't know, over 20 times. And I can just see the difference from when I was really stressed out and now it has to be perfect to oh, this is, cool. you know, just being really present. My business is booming. My relationships are better. My health is better. Everything transforms forms when you take control of that inner critic, when you take control of those thoughts, and when you truly embrace being better than perfect. Well, I love that. So again, the book title is Better Than Perfect, Seven (laughs) Strategies to Crush Your Inner Critic and Create a Life That You Love. And our guest has been Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo. Elizabeth, it has been terrific, and I won't let it be four years next time. So is, there another, is there another book on your horizon? Well, you know, I just gave birth to this one, so we usually I'll, I'll wait about um, probably about a year till I figure out what the next one is. But I'm hoping to ha- be churning these out a little more frequently than I have in the past. So I will let you know. Well, good. We can't <laughs> wait. And, and Great, uh, make sure you let us know. Great. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to get to be on here again. Okay, well, terrific. And for those of you who'd like to know more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, it's executivegirlfriendsgroup.com, and we also have a Facebook page, and then we have a private group where there's a little bit more activity uh, for our members. So check us out and join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a blessed weekend.